the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. Well, we have to talk about the uh, newest indictment of Donald Trump and what it means uh, for America, what it means for him, and we will do that in just a moment. We'll also, though, have a great interview um, upcoming. I've been looking forward to talking to Neil Monroe, the Breitbart author. He's originally born and raised in Ireland. You'll hear his accent. He is at at Neil Monroe, D.C., at Neil Monroe, D.C., on um twitter and he's very very good he's a good writer and he's a good uh, journalist and he's been at this a long time so he sees the playing field really well he understands the politics as well as the policy and on tpp the the pacific trade deal that uh, was supposed to be dead there's some of the candidates uh, vivek ramaswamy has said he thinks it's a good deal or maybe a, not a bad deal he could go back into and also uh, uh others have been open to it i think some of the candidates so he wrote about that he also wrote about the migration, Im- immigration, the illegal immigration numbers. Uh, he's just very good. So we'll talk with him in a few moments uh, and get his update on what's happening. But first, what you need to know here on the Pro-America Report. First, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. You'll see the very top of the email of the website. You can sign up for my daily email, the Daily Wink. W-Y-N-K, what you need to know. What you need to know comes out 8 a.m. East Coast, 5 a.m. Pacific, and everywhere in between. Goes right into your inbox, gives you a couple key points, a couple key things to think about, and what you need to know, the wink. And oftentimes, the wink is what I talk about on this segment, because this segment is also the wink. So they coincide. But uh, what we want to do is get you valuable information so you can see what's going on, because... The narrative machine is so out of control. What it's doing to our nation is ripping us apart. And uh, it's just terrible. It's why talking to Neil Monroe at Breitbart is important. But, you know, I keep hearing from people, how do we get ourselves out of the silos we're trapped in? How do we get people to not just come to a, a conversation like this and say, oh, we all agree. We're on the same side. I see what you mean. That's a good way to think about it. But how do we say to somebody who's outside of it, who's been fed, CNN or MSNBC and get them to understand because the narrative machine, big tech, big, uh, excuse me, big government, big tech and big media are, are brainwashing ha- at least half the country. And now the most recent January 6th indictment is a perfect example of that. We have a prosecutor, special prosecutor, and he comes out on stage yesterday. I think well, yesterday, whenever it was, I'm sorry, the time is flooding together. And he does, he announces the indictment of Donald Trump and he gives a 10 minute speech takes no questions and his speech is all about the violence on on capitol hill on january 6 2021 and it's about the, the cops that had to stand up and fight for freedom and it's about the terrible stuff that happened and the indictments are not about those actions so he is demagoguing he's the prosecutor he, he's not a politician supposedly he's supposed to be a prosecutor just like this is big government just like when the january 6 select committee and Congressman Benny Thompson and Congresswoman Liz Cheney stood up there and demagogued what happened and lied about it and lied about uh, Congressman Loudermilk, for example, lied about all of it. And so that's big government feeding lies. 
acting inappropriately. Those are inappropriate actions. If it were Republicans doing that, we should object. We should object. We, I would. I don't know if you would, but we should. But here we have inappropriate conduct, and it's covered recklessly by the media and big tech as really special, important. Wow, holy cow. And half the country then thinks to themselves, wow, Trump, they found reasons to indict Trump for what happened on January 6th. It's just not true. What the indictments are, are indictments for believing or not believing that the election in 2020 was off. And in this case, because Trump believed that or said he believed it, that the election was off, then concocting a scheme to talk about that. That's what he's charged with. And, he, and talking about it is what he's charged with. There was no action that went past the making an argument. In fact, you could say he made the argument and he lost the argument. I was there at the ellipse on January 6th. I was three rows back or in the third row in front of Trump. His speech was kind of pathetic. It rambled. It was cold. It wasn't really fun. He sounded like a guy who had lost. He sounded like someone who believed there were problems in the election, but he now thought, well, I think it's going ahead. I, every, every, every way I tried to, 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 to fight back on this is not succeeding, and therefore things are going ahead. It, so he failed. He's being indicted for failing to persuade people to, to do something about what he thought was a faulty election. And yet, and yet, half the country wakes up the next day and says, oh, man, this president, he, more than half, he's been indicted for something serious, something real serious. And now what President Trump is going to learn, his lawyers are going to learn, is now he's in the Washington, D.C. federal district court. He got by random, supposedly random. He got a very a judge who doesn't like the January 6th stuff and has been really hardline and unpleasant, blah, 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 liberal, Obama appointee, blah, blah, blah. But it really doesn't matter because all of the D.C. federal court judges have sort of signed on to the vision. They're all working together that this is what happened. Therefore, we're going to be hardline. And the juries in D.C., what, uh, less than a million people? I'm not sure how many registered voters in D.C., but not. it's, it's a district. It's not a state. But that's where they draw the jury pool from. They are 100% against anyone who is on the Trump side or on the on the uh, non. If you if you don't think if you believe that January 6th was anything but a full on insurrection, then the then the D.C. juries are against you. So Trump is now in a real tough spot because it doesn't matter what the law is, doesn't matter what the truth is. It just matters now where he is situated. And it, you know. A few months ago, I might have told this story. A few months ago, I went to an event at the home of a friend of mine, a uh, friend of a friend, really. And and Bob McDonald, the, the former governor of uh, Virginia, was the guest speaker. Now, Bob McDonald was a, a, a decorated military guy. Uh, I think he was um, a JAG guy, you know, a, a lawyer in the Navy. But I'm not sure if that's true. But he was to decorate. He, he had a successful career. And then he went into politics. I think he might have been a state senator or a state delegate in Virginia. And then he was elected uh, attorney general. Then he was elected governor. And he was a handsome guy. He is a handsome guy. He's kind of like got that gray. He's always sort of, you know, kind of hair helmet look and a clean cut guy and a square jaw and just a likable character. Everybody liked him. And even though he's pretty conservative, everybody liked him. And he was very successful. And he was really clearly one of the guys that could run for president in 2016. 
He'd won a state that had been trending blue, Virginia. He had crossover appeal. He was well-liked. And Jack Smith, the current special prosecutor, was then in the Department of Justice. And he indicted McDonald for basically accepting gifts. And they knew, Jack Smith, that Bob McDonald's mindset was corrupt because they couldn't prove any acts. You know, Bob McDonald's wife got a, a piece of jewelry. Very expensive, $10,000 from a, a, someone who had business before the state of Virginia. Well, that's ugly. Not good judgment. Uh, really sleazy. You know, that, that's not a good thing. But they charged him with federal, federal crimes and convicted him in D.C. of federal crimes of this basically saying, you took something. We can't prove you did anything. But because your wife took it, you, you're guilty. And he got convicted. And he, he basically fought for the last years of months and years of, of months of his pres- of his time as governor. And then a year after and had to go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court and nine to nothing. All the liberals went with the majority and went with the conservatives. They threw it all out and they said, you can't try a guy for what you think are corrupt looking things. That's politics. You can run and lose because you're sleazy looking. But you, a prosecutor, if you're going to take away somebody's liberty, if you're going to put someone in court and put them in a bind, you've got to have something that's actually a here's what happened. Here's the mindset. And there's the act. Not here's what happened. Here's the mindset. We think no act. You, you're basically criminalizing thought crimes. So that's what Bob McDonald was convicted by Jack Smith of having done an act that People didn't like. They thought it looked sleazy. But he said it was therefore corrupt. And even though you didn't do anything about it, you didn't, you know, uh, influence someone or anything. We're going to charge you. And Trump is charged with giving a speech and having conversations and talking about how he thought the election was corrupt. And therefore, somebody should do something under the law and they should do it peacefully. And yet somehow they can read his mind and say those are corrupt. You didn't do anything. You didn't succeed. There's not conduct. There's not insurrection. There's not incitement. It's a thought crime. And here's where the here's the kicker. What you need to know is it's a thought crime might get thrown out three years from now by the Supreme Court for the same reason. And it's being done by Joe Biden, his administration against his leading opponent, the guy leading him in the polls. Now, I guess in one way that's consistent. They did it to McDonald. McDonald could have run for president and they were making sure to take him out. In 2014, 15, whatever. So I guess it is consistent. Two, you know, two makes a pattern. All right, I got to run. I'll come, come back and talk with Neil Monroe, but that's what you need to know. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Once again, my dear listeners, off the line, off together talking. I, we, if I could have run the recording, Neil Monroe, our next guest and I were talking about what this, the context of the, up of the story we're going to refer to and then lots of other stuff. And it was probably as good as anything we're going to do on the, uh, on the show right now. But Neil Monroe, we welcome back to the program. He, of course, writes over at Breitbart.com. Uh, you see him all the time. Uh, very m- many different uh, aspects of his writing. One of them that I do enjoy, and I I saw you in this piece, uh, is his understanding of the international uh, stuff and trade and the world politics. And so there's a piece that he posted a couple days ago, uh, and the title is uh, Vivek Ramaswamy Touts Pacific Trade Deal. 
and then urges more migration. So first of all, welcome back, Neil Monroe. How are you, sir? Delighted to be here. Well, thank you. So this piece, the TPP, long may it rest in peace, I thought, the late Phyllis Schlafly, my boss, we would, we were, you know, these multilateral trade deals are always bad. The TPP was really bad. And I think it sank Jeb Bush. I think it sank a bunch of people, or at least it was real serious blows to their positions in the 2015-16 time period. Is it possible that that there's Republicans that seriously want to go back to the TPP? Well, yes, everything is possible <laughs> in America, including the donor guys and the donor guys. Right to return to TPP. I mean, right, right. If you got ten billion in the bank, of course you want it. It gets you cheaper workers, cheaper imports. It's great for the people with the money. Yeah. So, and Ramaswamy, did we know he had this position? I hate to do this, but to me, he's been such a phenom, meaning that they cover him breathlessly everywhere. I don't really know what his positions are. I think I know his wife said he's a, a vegetarian or a vegan, which makes him suspect in my book. But I mean, that other than that, I know is he is this a policy position he meant to stake out in terms of both the TPP or tra- uh, trade deals and migration? I don't know, but it's all coherent. And when you look at Vivek, he's a he's a clever, charming, upwardly mobile son of immigrants. Right. There's nothing in his history that would suggest he would be against large scale migration yeah. or free trade. He's got a he's he he made a bunch of money selling a drug. He's now got a investment firm which basically collects other people's money and sort of drops them in pots in Wall Street. Well, he's he is one of the investors. This is an entirely consistent Cons- yeah. perspective of him. Like if you're an investor, you want migration. You right. want free trade. Right. This this is what you get. Is uh, we're talking with Neil Monroe again, and uh, um, uh, Neil Monroe over on Twitter is an awfully good time, also. And his Twitter feed is at Neil Monroe DC. By the way, Neil, I would be remiss if I didn't say your Twitter uh, picture where it's Eric Holder pointing his finger in your face is like the greatest picture ever to me. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, people should go to your Twitter feed just for that. Uh, back to uh, this this story though. I, what I what I mean to say is. In the Republican primary, so-called, uh, you've got, I'd say you've got Trump and DeSantis have staked out positions that are America first-ish on this question of trade, uh, notwithstanding some of the criticisms of DeSantis, I think in Congress, a vote or two. I don't hold that. I don't hold him to that, actually. I think that was a, a dynamic of being a House member. But but uh, these other members, Pence, out of Pence world, there's a lot of people that come out of the donor class, the the, the Coke world and all. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy, I guess my point is, is there enough? Is is this is Vivek Ramaswamy part of the, the uh, reassertion of this issue? I mean, are they making any headway? It feels like they lost ground. And then again, yeah, I, yeah. And, and they're not even the Democrats are pissed off about this. OK, they're, right. they're not going to do this free trade business. And to some extent, Vivek is our modern multicultural Pence. Pence right. is a creature of the Koch <laughs> brothers and the donor class. He's old. He's stiff. He's uninteresting. Goodbye. The new right. 
Hence, is Vivek. He's vibrant, he's young, he's loquacious, persuasive. He's all, he's everything that a donor class would want. And in the, in the presidential race, various factions put their people into the race in order to have their voice heard. It's not like these guys are really seriously expecting or trying to win the presidency. Pence has zero chance, but he's in there because that's part of his job to talk up the donor interests and to uh, whack away at populists. And Vivek is doing the same thing. He's he's walk he's campaigning alongside Trump, rarely makes any criticism, but he goes after Trump's enemies. Now, on this matter, he did say Trump made a mistake, a poor decision being the proper phrase, uh, by exiting from TPP in the first week by uh, Trump got into office. Right. Now, a poor decision is the most polite criticism <laughs> you can make of someone. Clearly, right. Vivek does not want to tick off Trump, but he did, and so he criticized in the politest way one of Trump's most important decisions. Now, look, let's go back on TPP for a minute. Right. TPP would have said to any American investor, okay, now Thailand is just like Kentucky. And Vietnam is just like Indiana. You can invest whatever you want in that country. And then for cheap labor, you can build a factory there and you can bring it back and sell it in the United States just for the cost of transport. And moreover, when you invest in a factory in Burma or uh, Borneo and train workers there, you can bring them into the country to maintain the equipment. And what's more, there's a body, it's set up a sort of international decision-making body where the international decision-making body within TP would be able to say in a couple of years, oh, all these business lobbyists tell me that in the interest of free trade, we have to allow this company in Topeka to import more workers from China. And that's what it was going to do. And not all immediately. But right. basically, it's going to sideline Americans in favor of cheaper labor so that Wall Street could get basically cheap labor. It told Americans, sorry, your kids are not important. If you're not living on the coast, we don't care. So, like, it, it's an extravagantly, preposterously aggressive, nasty deal. Now, it is true Trade is important and vital. We have to trade with other countries. When we right. trade with another country like Vietnam or Korea, for example, we do get better and cheaper stuff. We do, uh, theoretically, we can sell stuff to them just like they sell stuff to us. Though usually what we do is we buy equipment from them and sell services to them. But, you know, if we had... We have trade, free trade with Mexico. That's painful for the auto industry, but it also means we sell a lot of stuff to the Mexicans and relatively few Mexicans come across the border because their home economy is being improved. Right. So trade is vital, but uh, difficult. Uh, and um, whenever you do it, 
Yeah, Neil, I want. I, 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 I don't. I want to. I, I, I got your point. I don't. I don't want to lose you because I just got a couple yeah. minutes left. I want to get to this one on the immigration question again. Phyllis Schlafly, my old boss, and Breitbart, Andrew originally, but then certainly guys like uh, Matt Boyle and you and others. I mean, she watched the coverage. Nobody else was talking about the issue of my um, immigration, illegal immigration, migration, the chaos of the system in both parties. You get Trump, you get some big turnaround, different than anybody. But here we are at this point. Again, my question is, are we watching I mean, all right, all right. Let's take a let me pause there, Neil. Uh, let's take a break. I want to come back. I, I really appreciate this conversation. Neil Monroe is our guest, and uh, I want to make sure we have time to uh, continue this conversation, but also get into his piece uh, more recently, just a day or so ago, that ran on Breitbart.com about the immigration numbers, the illegal immigration numbers being uh, uh, so high and uh, even, in fact, unknown almost how big they are so we'll take a break and we'll come right back it's head martin here on the pro america report uh, back in a Welcome back, everybody. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. We're talking with Neil Monroe. Neil Monroe, the great uh, writer over at Breitbart.com, uh, covers a ton of ground on a lot of issues, but especially helpful, I think, on the international issues. They were talking earlier in this interview about the TPP as well as immigration issues. Um, let's go right back to it. Here's now. Let's say it this way, Neil. How come Republicans that are running don't see the issue as as good as we know it is with, with voters? I, I just feel like they're hiding from it. Even the even the good yeah. candidates, they're nearly all of them are hiding. You have to listen carefully. And so, if a candidate doesn't use the word legal immigration, they're simply usually promising, "Well, I'll obey the law that says illegal immigrants can't come into the country." Right. There is no reason American should give their vote or any credit to a politician who says, well, I'm going to enforce the law. Well, that's kind of a minimum. No, what you have to do is you have to listen. You have to listen for the hints they give. So here's one. DeSantis said the other day, I want to raise productivity. Well, that sounds complicated. The only way you raise productivity in this country is you tell businesses, sorry, you can't import cheap labor. You have to buy machines. Mm -hmm. So your existing American workers can get more work done in the same amount of time. And when they get more work done, you're going to have to pay them more. Mm -hmm. So so productivity, if someone touts productivity, they're on your side. If someone says, sure, I want to do some trade, that's good too, because what business wants is like, so for example, in South Africa, there's 10, 30, 50 million people. They could be buying American-built cell phones American cars, American insurance companies, American movies. They could be making us rich by buying stuff. But business companies would rather bring in those migrants into this country so they can sell them beans, hotel rooms, apartments, used cars. That doesn't make us rich. That makes us poor. So you really have to listen. And so far, Trump says, I'm going to close the border. I'm going to stop child migration. Okay, right. you're going to obey the law. Right. On the other hand... DeSantis says things like we should only have immigration when it helps ordinary Americans. Now, mm-hmm. that's got to talk like this. He can't say to the business class, OK, guys, I'm cutting off your supply of cheap labor. So you have to hire American kids in Kansas or Colorado right. or Oklahoma or Missouri. No, he's, he has to dance around this very carefully and say we want more productivity. Immigration should be set. The rules of immigration should help ordinary Americans 
not investors. You have to listen. Yeah, Neil, this is the and this is the problem I think, and I and I this is a frustration because I I had reporting from one of your colleagues, Todd Benzman, he's not at Breitbart, but a guy who's yeah. out there writing books, and Benzman's down at the border. He's talking about it. You guys are writing about it at Breitbart.com. We're talking again with Neil Monroe right now, and and Neil, um, I watch the candidates, and as you point out, even Trump, and 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 to some extent, DeSantis, because DeSantis has to run what I would call a a, a normal campaign, and that's a compliment. Meaning Trump ran a I have name ID because I'm a famous American campaign and therefore he yeah. he didn't do things he didn't have to raise money the same way and maybe he should have and he didn't and he still won and i'm talking 16 but the rest of them have to do something to raise money you have to be able to go into a room and say as you point out to the people that can raise a half a million dollars or a million dollars you got to still put now this is a conundrum this is a challenge of our system so but they're dancing around the issue and yet i think the voters are desperate for somebody who would say you know what I, 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 and I know the campaign ends when they're done doing it. You know, I think like Santorum tried to do it, right? He says, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and gut Wall Street or whatever. I'm for the little guy. And then Wall Street was like, well, watch, watch this. We're going to make sure you can't succeed, right? So it is yeah. a catch 22 that we're facing. And the trap I fear is when you're done, you've just reinforced to the most reinforceable people, politicians, that this is the way you got to behave. Right. So what you have to listen for a politician. Is they is there zigzagging? See, you, most people will say politicians lie to me. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but you know what? They also lie to their donors. Okay, they right. lie to their donors. They go to their donors and say in private, "Oh, absolutely, we're going to have an amnesty bill. Absolutely, we're going to bring in millions of migrants." And they walk out of the room and they say, "Not doing that." No way. <laughs> They right. lie to you and they lie to their donors. They zigzag between the money and the votes. It's always with the zigzag. So if you listen to them, listen to what they say, to what they hint, and what they don't say. So some politicians in this race don't say anything about legal immigration, meaning they want to increase it. Some politicians say we should cur- we should set the rules for immigration so that it helps ordinary Americans. That's a big thing. And even if a politician says this, right? Even if a politician says, I'm going to reset the rules so it helps ordinary Americans, okay? Yeah. They still have to win the general. That means they need loads of money from Wall Street. And once they get into power, they have to hire people, many of whom expect to get their next job in Wall Street. So it's always zigzag. What Trump did a lot of great stuff, especially getting out of TPP, But there was a huge amount of stuff he promised and he never did because either he backtracked or business leaned on him or his deputies dropped it in the trash bin. So it's a a constant fight. You should, you should, Neil, you should really, I'm being totally serious. That's a great way. That zigzag is a great thing. You ought to do like a, how to understand all the politicians lies and do that because that's, that's exactly, that's the best way I've heard it described. It's exactly right. And the, and the real test, of course, as you know, is you got to look them in the eye and, and, and try to figure out if you can sort of believe their zigzag or, and I think this is what you would say, show me what you've done. If you've actually been in office, show me what you've done. Show me. And then I can see how your zigzag says X and you're actually doing Y. Well, then I get it. Now, Neil, before I lose you, the, the more recent piece of yours, uh, you're, you're talking in Breitbart.com. We're talking about Neil Monroe. The border migration numbers. I have believed 
and I have some sort of uh, evidence and, and learned about it, that these numbers are, are all lies anyway. The Biden numbers, yeah. they're lying about it all. They're like saying, oh, wait a second, we're going to count this this way and this way. What's the reality of the border, the numbers? And by the way, drop in there a reference to your uh, point on your Twitter feed uh, on how people are dying crossing the, the, the into this country, right? Kids, go ahead. It's just astounding. Okay, so my Twitter is Neil Monroe DC. Right. The important thing, what's going on is, the business guys in the White House are using Mallorcas to bring in as many consumers, as many workers, and as many renters as they can. They're trying to inflate the economy by importing more people to sell more hot dogs to. Okay, They're not just workers. They're consumers. They come in here. They rent an apartment. That means your kid. Your cousin, the kid down the street, they all have to pay more for apartments. They want to buy a, a used car. That means used cars are more expensive. This is where the money is. Don't pay attention. I mean, this white collar migration, which is very destructive and very large. But the rule, the underlying thing is they're trying to inflate, expand, grow the economy, even though it means Americans earn less money and have to pay more for everything. Because when you grow the economy, Mm-hmm. That creates more stores, more profits, higher stock values. This is basically a Wall Street immigration um, policy. Yeah. And so they'll give you numbers at the month. And right. really, what they do is they hide this policy. It made enormous confusion and contradictory claims, bizarre numbers and silence. But basically, they're bringing in, roughly speaking, one immigrant for every American birth these days. Okay. Yeah. So that means... Over 10 years, they're basically doubling the population. It means every year, half the new people, including your kids and cousins' kids, are foreigners. And those foreigners are poor and resentful. They work hard. They they don't commit that many crimes because they're here to work. They're delighted to be in America. But they make ordinary Americans poor. And what they do is they break politics. So ordinary Americans can't go to their politicians and say, look, we have a drug problem in our town. You got to do something about it. Okay? Hmm. What happens is the business guys say, I don't care about the drug problem. Get me more immigrants. And, and the politicians say, well, I'm not going to avoid this fight. I won't do anything about the drug problem. Migration fundamentally changes economics and politics in the interests of coastal investors. It fundamentally changes the economy and politics Hmm. against ordinary Americans, especially ordinary Americans living in the middle of the country, far from the coasts. And this is both legal and illegal migration. You should treat them the same because every person who comes into the country is another person, legal or not. Right. Uh, Neil Monroe, I have to tell you, you're an extraordinary uh, journalist and a help and, and a great person, too. So thank you. I hope you continue to get your voice lifted. Breitbart.com. I'll put up on uh, social media links to both of those articles and to Neil. Thank you, Neil, for taking the time. We went long and I appreciate you hanging in there with me. And uh, let's talk again. I think you're I think you're really important. Your voice and they, on these issues uh, and uh, that zigzag thing, you got to write that up because it's uh, it's very clever. So thanks, Neil. Sure. Great. All right, we'll talk again soon. Neil Monroe, everybody. We will uh, take a break, and we'll be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. When will Republican presidential candidates address any of the many problems caused by China? 
Their silence is deafening, and the media are complicit by failing to ask serious questions about China in presidential debates. Here are some questions we would like to hear Republican presidential candidates answer. Will you instruct the Defense Department to buy computer chips and routers only that are manufactured in America under strict security guidelines? Since everyone agrees on the need to reduce America's dependence on foreign oil, isn't it just as important to reduce our dependence on foreign computer parts for our military planes and weapons? Will you bar from Defense Department business any companies that give away their patents, manufacturing processes, and intellectual property as part of the deal to open a plant in China? Will you announce that the next time an American dies because of contamination from a prescription drug imported from China, prescription drugs will no longer be allowed to be imported from China? Do you realize that China is not our trading partner, but is our no-holes-barred economic competitor, highly protectionist, anti-free trade, and spending the money it gets from U.S. trade to build up its military to become the world's number one superpower? Do you believe it is important for the U.S. to have a strong manufacturing base, and if so, what is your plan to restore the well-paying manufacturing jobs that have been outsourced to China? Do you accept a future in which Americans must compete with Asians who work for 50 cents an hour? We should ask all the presidential candidates these questions and then evaluate their answers before we make our choice. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As leader of the free world, America has a responsibility to stay strong in economics, industry, morality, and military capability. Never hesitating to say, America first. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll see why the best foreign policy begins with a strong America. Join the conversation at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, I have to tell you, uh, the recent news is so disturbing, this news we're about to talk about, that I am... um, I'm actually sort of stunned to hear maybe more facts will become clear. Maybe there'll be some more details that uh, get known. But here's the basic contours of what's happening. When when you run for president in the the United States and you have a a certain level of prominence, uh, when you run for president, you're allowed to petition for Secret Service protection. And this goes back to the period of time when and because of RFK, Robert Kennedy being killed as a candidate for office, he did not have uh, Secret Service protection. And going forward, they said, you know what, everybody should have Secret Service protection. We can't you know, allow that to happen within reason. Right. So if you're Cornell West and you're running for president and you're polling at point oh 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 one percent, you don't get to say I want Secret Service protection. But if you're a major party candidate. You have a right to ask for it, and you would think that the Department of Homeland Security and our leadership would respond in a proper way. 
So let's play this out. Let's say that you're um, the governor of North Dakota. You decide to run. You're a, a multimillionaire. He is. He's an executive, uh, made a lot of money and ran for governor of North Dakota. He's running for president. And he decides to run for president. He announces it. Well, a couple of things. You probably say to yourself, well, he's already got protection because uh, North Dakota would have their highway patrol or whatever they call it. And they would watch the sitting governor. And you, you say, OK, and he's only pulling at point oh one one percent. We're not going to do that. You would make some sort of judgment, but you would think you would make the judgment quickly, right? Because that's kind of a key question. So here's now the facts, and we're still seeing some more details. Maybe there'll be more. But the level of incompetence and nastiness of the Biden administration makes me only conclude one way. My distrust and verify theme tells me that. If you see something blatantly horrendous, you have to assume it's true until it's disproven. I got to even find a way to fine tune my uh, my phrase there. But here's what I'm saying. RFK Jr., who would be prominent for many reasons, but he certainly would be most prominent because he's a Kennedy, is running for president. He has said that he asked for coverage. Uh, by the Secret Service for security. He's polling at about 10% in the Democrat primary. He did not hear any response for almost three months. They couldn't even bother to get back to him until he started complaining publicly, and then they got back to him and denied him coverage. Now, a couple of things here. RFK Jr. is the nephew of JFK. He's the son of RFK. Both men were uh, assassinated in America. He's very prominent. After 40 years, his uncle Teddy was in office. His siblings are all prominent. They, his nephew, uh, excuse me, his siblings are prominent enough, but also his cousins. Carolyn Kennedy was uh, ambassador to Japan. Uh, some of the Shrivers have been in public life. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was uh, a governor of uh, California at the time. He was married to one of the Shrivers. You get the point. If there is a, a, a Democrat family, a royal family, it's the Kennedys and really sort of one of the political families, uh, first families, right? Because it's been it's going on now 60 plus years. I think just a year or two ago, one of the younger Kennedys, Joseph Kennedy Jr. or Joseph Kennedy III, decided not to run for reelection to his congressional seat. But my point here is that you have a situation where the... um the, the the Kennedy family is so well known and no well known for well known for tragedy, by the way, well known for tragedy. And so it's uh, it is quite striking to me that this has been allowed to happen and that Mayorkas of Homeland Security just denied it. And again, back to a couple of the details. One, they couldn't get back to RFK Jr. in a timely manner. It, it, it took them 90 days. And two, what are they waiting for? And I will say this. I heard someone else say it, but I can't know Mayorkas's heart. I can't know what, it, but it looks like a decision that is so callous and so wrong-headed. It looks like an assassination attempt, a, an effort to put RFK Jr. in harm's way. There's no, it's almost no other. And when Mayorkas is the person who has let the border be wide open and he's everything else he's incompetent at, he looks terrible. He's he's a terrible witness. He's, he's going to become a scapegoat, scapegoat for the Biden administration. They're going to get rid of him, I feel certain. But I'm just saying very simply, if you even even the act of defi- of uh, denying RFK Jr. makes me think it puts a bigger target on his back. I think it kind of does. There's going to be all kinds of stories about it. 
it's extraordinary to me, stunning to me, that that would that this would happen in this country, and that it would be allowed to stand. I I, I haven't seen a reversal. We'll see if time will tell. And I got to think that R.F. Kennedy uh, Jr. probably has paid security. He must. He must be paying his own security. But paid security is usually pretty good. But nothing's like the Secret Service. I mean, I, I think that because of the size and scope and the uh, and the the uh, intelligence gathering and their ability to, to to get a handle on everything. So that is a crazy story. It's a terrible story for America in the midst of all these other things where it feels like, again, distrust and verify. You have to distrust your government because you can't trust them at this point and verify if what they're saying is true. At this point, it feels like the Department of Justice, uh, the the uh, uh, Homeland Security, uh, pick a to pick a place and pick a a, a, a wing, a, a branch of the government. They all seem to be broken, and now they don't give RFK Jr. security. That's a pretty stunning thing to have happen. All right. Uh, crazy. More disrespect for the Biden administration. Uh, more disrespect should be given them for this. And um, we got to run. Thank you, as always, to Noah Dingley, our great, great producer. Also associate producing Ryan Height and Mason Mohan. We will be back uh, tomorrow. Excuse me. We'll be back yeah, tomorrow. Uh, and don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.